Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. And you're wondering why you're hearing crazy different music than usual. Um, that's Lady Lush and the Vinyls. Um, that is the band from Sophia Howe. She is one of the actresses involved in A Prophet's Guide, the show by Oral Stage Studios we've been featuring uh, last week and also this week, The Conclusion. Uh, we got her on as well as the sound designer, producer, writer, Matthew Boudreaux, um, who did not appear with his wife, Monique Boudreaux, who also did quite a lot of help on this production, though, so uh, shout out to you, Monique. Uh, they are a wonderful team. Um, Sophia is the actress who plays the present tense prophet in A Prophet's Guide, so catch up with the show last week and tune in now for the conclusion on how things have gone awry, as Matthew describes it later. This is a story where the characters just kind of took over the script, and we saw what happens when they have sort of what seemed like one objective, and then that gets thrown out the window, and there's a completely different plot instead. And now they try to pull the whole thing together. So here's the absurdist fantasy romp, Prophet's Guide, finishing up, and then an interview with Matthew Boudreaux, the creator, and Sophia Howe, one of the uh, actresses, uh, lead actress, you'll hear her, obviously, in just a moment. Um, and then we're going to play the rest of that track from Lady Lush and the Vinyls, Sophia's band, um, from Buffalo to tail out Radio Drum Revival. Oral Stage Studios presents A Prophet's Guide. Written and directed by Matthew J. Boudreaux. Starring Sophia Howes, Daniel Mink, G. Anton Moore, Jerry Hudson, Carolyn Lansom. Carl, a six-foot bug comes at you in the forest and you're Charles Bronson, but the silverfish takes your girlfriend and it's another round at the bar and a side of sympathy, please. Oh, give the guy a break. He's had a hard day. You'll forgive me in my bug-ridden clothing if I don't quite see it that way. This is just getting ludicrous. Hmm? Do you have any idea how many times we could have been done with this quest already? Oh. I mean, Jesus! supposed to be one kiss, a training montage, some conflict as you take out a few bugs, a little introspective moment over the corpse of a friend or two, grab the book, defeat the bad guy, and we're done! But no, not you. You got to drag everything out, breaking every rule set down by the quest selection committee and the order of orders. All because you can't quit obsessing about a girl who can't keep her tongue to herself. Seriously, Carl, you might want to find out where things have been before you put them in your mouth. Mm. You've got your entire life in front of you. And it's a pretty good life, Carl. I can see it. In the scheme of places you'll go and things you'll do, this quest is fat-free milk and white bread. But you have to move forward, Carl. If you ever want to get to that future, you have to move forward. Calm down, you're just gonna agitate him. Maybe he could use a little agitation. Maybe you'll figure out that sometimes you just get through things by playing by the rules. Sometimes being the chosen one is not a choice, but a trivial destiny in the scheme of great things to come. If this quest is so unimportant, why are we even bothering? The outcome of this quest determines everything. The quest itself matters very little. That's not what the committees are interested in. Destin? Think about it. Do you really think the committee would have put all this time into you if it didn't serve a purpose, Carl? 
Do you really think we'll be up to our eyeballs and documents over the murder of a weapons trader if it weren't important? Dustin, what are you doing? Do you really think we'll still be wandering around after a dumbass who wanders off course as much as you? Don't do it! Don't say what you're thinking! If it wasn't important, do you think I have risked my life talking a third-rate villain like the Silverfish into nabbing some stupid muffin girl? No! What did you do, Carl? Oh, you're gonna shoot at me now, Carl? You better shoot without thinking, because I know what you're doing before you do! Carl, what have you done? Where is he going? Where do you think he's going to find his muffin girl? Really? Now he wants to go after her? You better run where I can't find you, Carl! Because if I find you, you're a dead man! Morgan, go and find some help. Morgan, stay. You're bleeding pretty bad. Having a doctor around isn't going to change that. What are you saying, Dustin? I told you only some of us was going to make it. Yeah, but you didn't say it would be you. I, I thought you meant History Boy over here. Hey! Or me. I, I had my suspicions. I couldn't be sure, really. But you could see. I can't see things as they're changing. Where they're headed. And sometimes where they're meant to be. Then why didn't you do anything to stop it? This is too important. The future rides on a delicate balance between the potential of the present and the lessons of the past. If we don't learn those lessons, or if we fail to act, nothing ever changes. You're very wordy for someone who's dying. <laughs> he needs you, Zoe. Oh, hell no. You must. And you too, Morgan. You both have to help him. So he's gonna succeed then? Not in the way you think. Why do people always get cryptic when they die? You would think they'd want to spell it out. Ah, Morgan. I envy your view of the world. Everything is as it was. Well, there are variances in people's perception, but yes, it is rather static. And Zoe, with so many roads to explore. How can I help him, Destin, after what he's done? You don't have to like him to help him. He might be better if you don't. But what about... No time. Oh, oh go. I'm not letting you die alone. You can't help me live. And you can't help me die. And there's no time for either one. I will remember you well, Destin. I will remember you as a friend. Thank you. Morgan. Though I'm pissed you're ducking out on the paperwork. <laughs> I always did know when to make myself scarce. Uh, now get out of here. I... Go, Zoe. Thank you. Bye, Dustin. He's got a good head start on us. How are we going to find him? Oh, I don't think it'll be too difficult. He really is rather lacking in subtlety, isn't he? Let's go. Carl, there you are. Oh, yes. Storm off in a huff. That'll make things much easier. Look. I'm not happy about this arrangement any more than you are. You're kind of an ass, and quite honestly, the thought of the fate of the world being in your hands is unnerving. Oh, good lord, Carl, put the gun down. We've got bigger things to worry about than you and me, Carl. Do you hear that? There are over 12,000 of those things between us and the Tome, and they are hungry. In case that means nothing to you, they are between us and your precious little muffin girl as well. And topping it all off is a very large silverfish with a reputation to protect. So unless you have an awful lot of ammunition, I suggest we start working a little more intelligently. Then maybe we can all get through this, get what we came for, and part ways. Ugh. 
even listening, Carl? You're shooting bugs with a 44. Ah! Ooh, nice hit, Zoe. Have I got your attention now, Carl? The silverfish lair is just up ahead. All you're doing is calling attention to where we are while the silverfish's little minions peck at our defenses. So get off the ground, holster your sidearm, and start thinking for a change. Or, if you can't be bothered to think, just follow my lead. Oh. It's been a long time since I've been to the silverfish lair. Can't say I miss it. You've had encounters with the silverfish before? Oh, yes. He and I have met up a time or two. Hmm. That's odd. What's odd? Well, it's never really done much good, has it? What do you mean? Out of all the times I've quested with this hero and that, the number of villains I've faced and defeated, the quests just keep coming and the villains never stay defeated. If they were, there would be no stories to tell. No heroes to awe, no enemies to fear. Oh, I think there would. Heroes and villains always seem to make their presence known, and in ever more exciting ways. You find this exciting. You don't? It always seems to be the same old story. Hero quests, hero meets girl, hero is thwarted but not down, hero rises to challenge, hero defeats villain. And, like you said, nothing really changes. Well, to answer your question, no, I don't find this exciting. I find this whole business a lot of rotten hooey. But that's not what I meant, either. I'm not sure I understand, that. It's like you just said. It's the same story over and over again. Take our friend Carl there. While he has hit us with a surprise or two, he hasn't really done anything that can't be accounted for. There is some bit of legislation to cover all of this, from his gun-slinging to his refusal to follow protocol. Somehow he is still quested for the tome, met the Muffin Girl, had his precious Muffin Girl abducted. And while it's premature to say how this all ends, you can be reasonably sure the hero will succeed. I'm with you so far. But it's all a flimsy fabrication of real heroism. He knows what to expect, just as much as we do. So while his style is different, nothing about his approach is any more original than anyone else's. He'll defeat Bob, and Bob will get recycled for another quest sometime in the future. Ah, he's right on cue. He really is a consummate professional. It's always a pleasure to work with him. This way, let's go. We love the voice. I love the voice. Shh. Sorry. What's the plan, then? Why don't you ask the Lone Ranger? Oh, I know his plan. It involves shooting things a lot and sleeping with the Muffin Girl. My plan involves keeping shooting things to a minimum. And plan B? Jesus Christ, run! <laughs> he really does have this whole villainy thing down, doesn't he? I love the laugh. Right, then. A body count is to be expected, but let's try and keep the damage to a minimum. What do you think the chances are he'll only shoot the decoys provided by the council? Well, since he was never briefed on which ones to target. Right, slim to none. We have to get to the silverfish before Carl does. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Why do you say that? Because he's standing right behind you. <laughs> Hello, uh, the silverfish. What the hell is going on? Now, silverfish, I know things look bad. Look bad? This hero of yours just killed three nephews, my best friend, and, well, the other one was a bit of an ass. But that's not the point! This is not how things are supposed to go! Yes. Well, you see, Carl has gotten a bit out of hand. We're trying to rein him in, but it seems that... Where is the other one? Uh, Carl? Uh, he went on ahead. Just listen for the sound of gunfire. The seer. Where is Destin? He's responsible for all this. No, about that. Uh, you see, he... He's dead. What? Dead. As in living no more. As in like your nephews, your best friend, and your bit of an ass associate over there. Dead. Is that clear enough for you? Zoe, what are you doing? The silverfish is right. This is not how things are supposed to go. Carl isn't even after the book anymore. He's after that stupid muffin girl. He's killed a mentor, a seer, and several silverfish relatives. He killed a mentor, too? Afraid so. Which one? Shirley. Not Shirley. She was one of the best. And to be honest, she always did an outstanding impression on me. A little too good for her sake. How many more of us have to die before we do something about it? Well, the Council has made this an at-all-costs quest. Well, maybe it's time we did something about that, too. 
Oh dear, where is she going? I don't know, but I'm going with her. You're not gonna stop me! I'm not trying to. Oh, with all due respect, it's not exactly settling that you want to help me. Uh, I'm not so sure about what I'm doing as it is, and having a notorious villain on my side doesn't instill confidence. Oh. What? You said I was notorious. That's the nicest thing anyone has ever said. Save the warm, fuzzy feelings for another time. Fine. Let's cut to the point. Who we were is not who we are. Oh, you'll forgive me if adages from a six-foot insect are not inspiring. I mean that there's a time to put away the masks and fight for something that matters. It doesn't matter who you're fighting with so much as what you're fighting for. I'm not looking to fight. I'm looking to end this. <laughs> I want him to pay for what he's done! For killing Destin and, and Shirley and everyone else! That's righteousness you're feeling. You don't want to give in to that. It will end up controlling you. It will be your undoing. But you said yourself. Oh, I've been here long enough. Carl, can you hear me? The main chamber is through that corridor. If you choose to wield righteousness, know that when you strike out with it, others will die in its wake. You're starting to sound like Destin. Destin spoke of the future. I speak of my own past. This room is immense. The fire at the center warms the entire lair and adds to the dramatics of the space quite nicely. Yes, the malevolent feng shui period has always been a favorite architectural influence. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic anymore. No, seriously. At the university, I studied architectural design before they discovered I was a clairvoyant. Really? What track? Sanctums and refuges. Wow. You hear that, you bastard? My boyfriend's coming for you. You kept her in there? How did you deal with the caterwauling? Sadly, it's part of the trope. Oh, Carl! Please save me! What's the plan, then? I assume the book is readily accessible on an altar or somewhere? It's in the far corner behind the girl. The girl is what he's after. Stay in character and go get the book. Oh, no, you don't, Zoe. I am not putting you in any more danger. I abducted the Muffin Girl. I'm just as responsible for this as anyone else. He'll come in shooting. And when he does, he'll be gunning for whomever is between him and her. No offense, but you're not exactly built to dodge bullets. I see your point. Go. Go now. It's over, Carl. I have it, Zoe. The Silverfish has the book, and you are not getting the Muffin Girl. What do you want me to do with it? Burn it. What? Burn the book. It's the only way to end this. But this... this is our law. Our laws have failed us. The council, the committees, all failed us. Remember what I told you, Zoe? I know, Bob. This, this isn't righteousness. This is regret. Regret? That we let things come this far. That we let our friends die for something so trivial. Burn it. <sighs> Maybe you're right. Maybe it's time. Only one way to find out. Show them what the silverfish is made of. No. Not the silverfish. Just Bob. Bob it is. But never just Bob. <coughs> Bob! I'm sorry, old friend. Oh, Jesus Christ! Really, Carl? Now! Shoot her, you moron! Missed again! Bob! No! You shall not defeat the Silverfish!
Good Lord, you people don't know when to quit. Morgan! What have you done? I've done exactly what I'm supposed to do, while the three of you have done everything in your power to turn a simple fetch and rescue into a three-ring circus. I've been documenting, filing, researching, and citing every regulation and historical precedent imaginable to keep you on track and out of trouble. It's maddening. You killed Bob! You're going to draw on me? You can't hope to beat me. We'll see about that. I have years of sword training. Lifetime upon lifetime of knowledge and technique. You cannot beat me. I may not have your knowledge, Morgan, but I know what you know when you know it. That doesn't even begin to make sense. It doesn't have to. Why are you fighting me, Zoe? We're on the same side. You killed Bob. Bob was the enemy. He was part of a system you professed to defend. He was going to destroy the very book we're after. At your order, I might add. The unending tome of greater ambivalence represents not only our history and laws, but who we are as a people. And you would have him destroy it? And now look what you've done. The questing hero is dead. We're down a villain to blame for our civic woes, and all we have to show for it is a contracted damsel who can't keep her pants on long enough to even act distressed. Thanks for the recap, Morgan, but... It seems to me the root cause of our civic woe still has a focus. What are you talking about? That damn book and everything it signifies. That book is a history that just keeps repeating over and over again because rather than changing what it teaches, we've turned it into law. Do you ever shut up? Hey, let go! Good job. Perhaps you're more useful than you've let on. Will you shut up and kill her already? You really will give in to anyone in a pair of pants, won't you? It pays the bills. Ah, the beauty of a system governed by a regular paycheck. It's always so difficult to persuade anyone to give that up, even when it is in their own best interest. The tart peddler is right. You talk too much. Fair enough. I wish I could tell you it's been an honor. Give my best to Destin. Just killing off everybody today, aren't you, Morgan? <laughs> Not that I'm complaining. One more word from her and I might have done her in myself. You're responsible for this, not me! Oh, I see. You were only holding the sword. It was meant for you. I know. And silly me, I moved. Right then, where, where were we? Ah, yes, the book. No, Zoe, please! You can't do this. It will destroy everything. That's the idea. You would undo everything we are for your own selfish gain? This quest has resulted in the loss of two friends and two others who, while there was no love lost between us, did not deserve to die for a sake of a book, a, a symbol, an idea clung to so tightly people have failed to grow and change because of it. Sure, I guess that makes me selfish. Without the past, there is no present. And no future. And when you fail to learn from it, there is only the past. What good does it do? You can't, Zoe. You will destroy us. The world cannot be unmade through the destruction of one bad idea. Morning, sleepyhead. Glad to see you up and about. I hope you slept well. I did, thank you. You were selected by the appointed officers of the Quest Selection Committee in accordance with the guidelines of the revised Quest Determination Act, Section 14. <laughs> Which states, all questers shall be chosen by the Quest Selection Committee or their appointed officers from a volunteer pool of qualified candidates. I know, Morgan. I helped rewrite it. Zoe. I can't apologize enough for trying to run you through. Let it go, Morgan. It's in the past. That's what bothers me. You were just doing what you thought was right. You just got a little overzealous. We all have to choose our own paths. I've never wanted to be anything but a prophet. And a prophet is what I have always been. For some of us, it's not so easy. So you're saying that Carl had it right? I'm saying that sometimes it's better to have a choice, even if you choose the path that would have been chosen for you. Well... 
You've certainly proven a worthy heroine. <laughs> this is your sixth quest with a perfect record of compliance and success. What's the quest today? Well, <clears throat> how do I put this? You remember the Muffin Girl? Yes. How could I forget? Well, it seems she had a daughter who had an affinity for cradle robbing. That's not surprising. Yes, well, last night she apparently made off with a rather important bassinet. Oh, good lord. Prophet's Guide, written and directed by Matthew J. Boudreau, starring Sophia Howes, Daniel Mink, G. Anton Moore, Jerry Hudson, and Carolyn Lansom. Recorded at GCR Audio Recording Studios. Recording engineer Brad Lockert. Artwork by Monique Boudreau. Sound designed by Matthew and Monique Boudreau. Sponsored by My Fair City. Brought to you by Heartlife. All the life you'll ever need. www.ourfaircity.com Audio Epics. www.audioepics.com The Cleanse. www.thecleanse.com And Starving Artist Productions. Oral Stage Studios. Making good things sound better. Visit us at www.oralstage.com all right, and that was A Prophet's Guide, uh, found at oralstage.com, A-U-R-A-L stage.com. As I promised, we spoke with Matthew and Sophia, one of the actresses on our terrestrial version of Radio Drum Revival. Here is the interview for you now. That was uh, Lady Lush in the vinyls uh, with Sophia Howes, who I assume is, the, in fact, the Lady Lush. Uh, Sophia, are you with us? Yes, I am. Yes, All right. I am. <laughs> Th- thanks for sharing that wonderful track with us. Um, no problem. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about your music uh, efforts in a bit. Uh, we're talking today about your audio experience, uh, working with Matthew Boudreau, uh, writer, producer, director, sound designer, uh, madman behind the curtain at Oral Stage Studios. <laughs> We've got Matthew online as well. Hey, Matthew. Hey. Um, and so you're calling us out of Buffalo, Matthew. Uh, Sophia, where are you at? Same place, Buffalo. Oh right, yes, because this was all this was all produced in Buffalo as Oral Stage's first production there. Um, so yeah, let me backtrack for a moment. Our show is Radio Drum Revival. Um, this is a show about uh, contemporary audio theater. Um, we started with a music track because that's what Sophia has been up to. Um, but then she gets pulled into this crazy project. Uh, so we heard last week uh, the first installment of A Prophet's Guide, uh, this uh, surreal a- a- advent- misadventure of policy of a uh, character who is uh, n- you know, n- nudged on the shoulder to go um, on, a, on a trip to, to solve a quest. But then uh, our little silent Bob character goes quite off course and Sophia ends up ironically um, I- I- more involved than she in- originally intended as a prophet. So that's my very loose <laughs> uh, introduction. Matthew, you want to just tell us a bit more about the world of Prophet's Guide? Well, the world of a Prophet's Guide really just kind of started, it started as kind of a story seed. I was working on a, a production for a contest for BBC, and uh, I just started writing this fantasy story, but, but the characters kept getting away from me, and I just kind of said to myself, well, what if I wrote this world where the characters do get away from me, get away from their intended purpose, and start taking on these other roles? You know, uh, what, what if these characters aren't directed? And so I kind of let the characters go free, and it turned into you know, a very, very rough draft of a prophet's guide. Nice. And uh, yeah, and and so people will have to hear it to hear the the whole story. But um, this was Oral Stage Studios. You've done several productions. We've worked together, so there's a lot of uh, our personal history working on projects. Uh, but this is the first show where you you wrote it, uh, directed it, cast it, produced it, did everything out of uh, a Buffalo. Um, you know, I know you'd done eight, 1918, but you also, you were, you had pulled in different actors and different studios for that. So this was, this was one where you, uh, and your wife, Monique, were largely behind everything. Yeah, we were, we were pretty much the, the, the entire production crew for this one. Um, which is not 
not usually my favorite way to work, but uh, uh, we were trying to to localize to Buffalo, and so so we were trying to work with new actors and meet new people, and um, so we we worked from that premise. The 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 only uh, actor that's in it that's uh, not from the Buffalo area is P.G. LaRusso, who's been in every one of our productions, and I decided to bring him in um, as well. He, he played the character Carl, which is a largely silent role. There's kind of a joke behind that, because I had done a production with uh, P.G. LaRusso. He had done a movie called uh, 25 Cents for Love, and uh, it was a silent film, except he had me on as, as an advisor for sound. So I did sound for his silent film, and he played my silent character. Silent character so. in your audio drama. Uh, cool. So let me try to connect the dots then. So, Sophia, you're based there in Buffalo, and you at some point hear from Matthew and get called into this crazy project? Yeah, well, uh, there were auditions, an open call. It was in an Art Voice magazine, and uh, I couldn't actually make the audition, so I sent in an audio from my iPhone with all the sides that mm-hmm. Monique, his wife, had sent, and he called me back. Cool. Uh, yeah, and and you will talk about yourself. Then you have this band that you're in, Lady Lush and the Vinyls. Is are you primarily a musician? Have you have you done other audio, uh, you know, other voiceover kind of work? No, this was my first. This was my first voiceover audio job. Nice. But um, yeah, I've studied music my whole life. I met my band, Lady Lush and the Vinyls, at college, SUNY Fredonia, and we've been together for like two and a half years. Nice. Uh, yeah, well, at least then you're not shy around the microphone, so you've got that to your advantage. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, neat. And so, yeah, so you, you recorded this all in studio. Um, I'll say your character uh, plays the in, impulsive rash. Uh, well, so, so yeah, there, there are three prophets. The premise of the story is that uh, Hero is tapped to go on this journey, this quest. He has three assistants, uh, three different prophets, basically one representing past, present, and future. You play the, the rather rash uh, impulsive uh, ghost of, of Christmas quest present. Uh, so, um, so yeah, was that was that fun to interpret? Yeah, it was wonderful. I mean, I've never had a role with that many lines, and uh, mm-hmm. luckily I didn't have to memorize them. Yeah, but, that's uh, It was really fun, especially with the people we worked with. They were individuals from all walks of life. That was probably the most interesting. Yeah, cool. Do you want to talk about that, Matthew? Like, how did you, uh, coming up with your... Uh, motley band of adventurers in, in Buffalo since it was your first time pulling together your completely your or mostly completely your own cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we had uh, uh, put uh, like Sophia said we had put an ad in the Art Voice uh, for a casting call, and we held the casting call in a place downtown uh, called the Squeaky Wheel, uh, where we're members, and um, so we got way more. There were something like 50 people there. Um, Sophia had contacted us ahead of time to tell us she couldn't make the auditions, but mm-hmm. she sent us in a, a, a voice recording. And um, Sophia, right off the bat, she came off as the perfect actress to play Zoe because she, she just really had this presence. Um, uh, we we recently did an article on oral stage about paralanguage, and mm-hmm. uh, Sophia's paralanguage her 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 sense of presence even when she's not speaking is always there and that's something we were really looking for was actors who 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 could be present in the scene even though they weren't speaking sure yeah and to 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 quickly summarize if i could your article matthew yeah so paralanguage meaning um yeah it's audio certain people have lines at certain moments but that doesn't mean like everything in the soundscape disappears except for the person talking and, and characters who can be in the scene. And, and that means just, you know, responding, you know, to it. If an actor has a piece of dialogue, someone says, mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or, or little, th- little things like that is what you mean. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah. So get, getting everybody in, into the studio, do you have, uh, you know, you've, you've, we've done location stuff. You've also done studio stuff. Uh, did you, you know, how do people, You've also done crazy stuff, recording people remotely, uh, sort of pioneering, you know, high definition audio over Skype sorts of stuff. Um, this is the studio environment. Um, was that a relief <laughs> to you uh, for other oh, yes. recording we've done? Uh, yeah. I actually uh, prefer working in the studio. Um, studio environment allows me to to put the characters. You know, when I want to go into post production, then I can put the characters where I want them. So if I want them in this like really weird 
uh, scene that I can't possibly get recording like, you know, out, out in the middle of nowhere or like up in the skies like we did in 1918, um, then I can put them in that environment without having to, you know, load them all on a plane kind of uh, idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, that's a, that's I, try to, I try to write new environments, environments that you, you can't necessarily, you know, come by naturally. And uh, yeah. uh, while we do have lots of caves in Buffalo, um, um, we decided <laughs> to record in the studio instead of in the middle of the cave. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> a good, that's a good segue. Let me play this clip just so people have a sense of what we're actually talking about today. Um, this is a piece from Prophet's Guide, about two minutes, um, which does, in fact, put Sophia... Uh, with a cave, and, and what's the the uh, prophet of the future? What's his name again? Uh, the prophet of the future is Destin. Destin, yeah. So he they he's with Zoe. They're in this cave looking for this thing called the the silverfish or the silverfish. You'll you'll get it in a second. Um, but the the concept is we're trying to find this uh, supposedly our villain so that we can try to get the hero on on tracks. The hero is uh, besotten with the muff, the the muffin girl. And if you think that's just a crazy premise, then you really should hear the rest of the audio. But I'll just get here a two minute <laughs> scene back in a moment. I take it back. Perhaps I should stick to the paperwork. <laughs> Maybe we should avoid talking about paper in a cave full of silverfish. You don't want to start attracting attention. It's a little late for that. Why are we naked again? Partially because silverfish eat anything with a high carbohydrate count, including most fabrics. Partially? What's the other part? To see if you do it. Well, it's not like you can see much in here. They sure like it dark. Let's get this over with. Fine. <clears throat> we are here as representatives of the Order of Prophets. We wish to speak with the silverfish. They said, we are listening. You speak silverfish? They are objects of the present. I can hear their thoughts. <laughs> you must be loads of fun at parties. Would you just answer them? No. The silverfish, not just any silverfish. We're all the silverfish. Could you be a little more specific? Actually, I am looking for the silverfish, capital S, in the singular. The silverfish, that's much clearer. So now the silverfish is not only singular and plural, but a proper noun as well. How do you humans get anything done? We don't have a lot of time. Do you know him or not? They said you don't go around calling each other the human, do you? You'll have to be more specific. This one is about six feet long. Hmm. They seem to be saying Bob. Bob? Yeah, yes, Bob. You have a problem with Bob? You named a six-foot silverfish Bob? No. 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 Bob's mother did. Of course. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bob's mother is the responsible party for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. She so did it all. Uh, it's, it's, it's a spoiler. It tells the whole story. Bob's yeah. mother's behind it all. But, but, yeah, Bob's mother. Well, <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't get axed like the, the previous anyways we'll get into that one the first instructor um let yeah well so that's another ni nice uh, uh little topic about kind of the way you look at acting matthew i know one of your panels that you've uh, delivered at you know science fiction conventions is acting without pants um in that sequence the characters are definitely without pants but you can pull it off without any you know uh, absurd disclosure forms mostly because it's in audio um, well, we had to wear pants for this one because we were recording in an actual studio. We were recording at uh, GCR Audio uh, in Buffalo, which is a, uh, it's a studio that was established by the ba uh, Buffalo band the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, so there, there's some... amazing <laughs> audio engineer named Brad Locker who, who, who took care of us and really, really hooked these guys up with the microphones that they needed to really capture their voices. That's great. That's great. And they have some at least basic obscenity laws um, for, the, for the studio. Uh, so, uh, do you want to talk about that scene at all, Sophia? Uh, you know, what, what it was like to learn the crazy art of, of acting by, by voice alone. You had some really nice, uh, little moments in that first part talking about, you know, your, your, uh, experience being in the present, things like that. 
Sure, yeah. Well, this scene was really fun because uh, Matthew actually added an effect on my voice to talk mm. to the silverfish. So uh, I had to learn how to space out when Zoe, my character, was mm. talking and when I was translating for the silverfish. Yeah. Um, I actually hadn't heard until I got the finished product what the silverfish were going to sound like in my voice. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, a nice example of where you don't need, you know, like a, you know, even as a very simple film sequence, you know, why, you know, no one, no one within on the indie film circuit is gonna record, you know, that just is a crazy thing to do without CGI, and it just doesn't, just is just yeah. insane. But as as audio, it's really uh, beautiful, and it, and it sounds, um, you know, I I just want to pick your technical brain a little bit, Matthew. Just talking about, I know a little bit about kind of behind the scenes and stuff that you do. You know, how do you get them from a feeling like they're in the studio to feeling like they're in this cave full of silverfish? You want to reveal any tricks of the trade? Um, they actually really picked it up very well. A lot of it was just uh, describing to them what was going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked with some very talented actors who, you know, just really could imagine themselves in the space. Um, uh, with Sophia, we were having uh, uh, an issue with her, and we had a similar thing in 1918, where uh, 1918 we had a character who was in a robot suit, <laughs> and uh, he kept trying to talk like a robot. Mm-hmm. And Sophia was kind of doing the same thing. She was naturally, because, you know, she's trying to act the part. She, she's taking on the voice of the silverfish. I'm like, no, we're going to get that in post. Here, let me do something for you. And what I we did is we put a filter on her voice. You put a what on yeah, her voice? Oh, we put a filter so she so, could hear it? We, we, we put a sci-fi filter on her voice. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pro Tools has sci-fi filter. It's, mm-hmm. it's a ring modulator. So that she can get kind of an idea and was acting to the filter rather than to the to the bugs. Right. Right. Um, and then later on, what we did is uh, I pulled all of that out and I used like actual bugs uh, into a convolution reverb uh, to, to multiply that out. And that's all mixed with um, all the sounds of the bugs were actually, we did takes after the show. Like after we, mm-hmm. we had recorded the show, we did takes with all of the actors making bug noises and <laughs> nice. various things. And I just kind of compiled them into this big buggy sounding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hodgepodge. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah, it. and that's the art, you know. So those who aren't aware of kind of how audio happens, you know, like the production is obviously a massive part of the of the whole experience, and having a great cast and a good uh, those core recordings is very important. But it's also important to know uh, what you're going to do later with the sound to sort of build up these soundscapes. So because we we were joking around, Matthew, I was asking you for a few tips, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, seeing eight tracks scares me, which was kind of a joke. And you're like, eight tracks? That's just the first recording. <laughs> You know, then you have to go through several several more rounds, and now you know you probably got you know sixteen or something. That there's something, you know, that that is part of yeah. the joy of what we're doing is that you have. Yeah, eight tracks is just my dialogue editing. Yeah. I haven't even edited sound effects yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and and just to call that out there again, we'll we'll take our deeper discussion with convolution reverb offline. But you do use um, when you talk about reverb, you're talking about using um, someone has actually measured the acoustic properties of a cave and you're using that you know the the mathematical kind of photo as you will of that cave to apply to a voice so you have a very nice clean recording of sophia talking like a nice normal person and then you can suddenly put her in a cave um through a little technical wizardry i i I guess is the way best way to describe it for the layperson yeah absolutely it's uh it's it's basically somebody somebody opens up a microphone in a cave um this one happens to be uh, uh some taverns in france in paris um, some catacombs down there, and somebody opened it, uh, opened up the the microphone, and they they either clap or produce some white noise or or something like that. And by by using that white noise, we can we can basically take them, you know, magically, yeah, uh, or mathematically, <laughs> whichever one, whichever, whichever you use your preferred um, power. We can take Sophia's voice and take it out of the studio and put it into that space, mm-hmm. which is what we did there. Yeah. Nice. Um, so that's so it's fun for you, Sophia, to hear the kind of the before and after. Um, and I assume you've recorded your band. You've got this new uh, album out on CD, baby, bad yeah. things. Um, I <laughs> yes. assume that was recorded in the studio, right? So you've had you've been in the studio for very different purposes, huh? Yeah, it was. We even used the same sound engineer, Brad Lockhart. It was he was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I found him at Prophet's Guide. Actually, oh. I owe Matthew my entire <laughs> <laughs> album. But um, yeah, it was great. Everything is super organized. Really, it's a beautiful facility. Mm-hmm. Um, really encouraging and 
wonderful sound engineers there. Yeah, well, and, like, what is it for you, you know, as an actor, you're getting directed around, and there's a lot of other actors, and you're playing, you know, it's a very different kind of experience, you know, with uh, your band, are you doing kind of the, the thing where people are doing, uh, you know, laying in tracks and doing overdubs and that sort of thing? Are you playing ensemble, or, you know, what's the studio like in each world? Uh, well, my band is actually largely vocal. Uh, mm-hmm. We have five members, and each one of them does harmonies. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of layers and laying on tracks, on track, on track. Mm-hmm. Um, also, our members play multiple inter- instruments, so that was pretty fun. But yeah. I mean, as a whole, it was it was pretty easy. Uh, again, our sound engineer was just really organized, so putting all that. Whereas it would be really complicated if you just put it all into tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, we got about 10 more minutes. I would like to just, uh, you know, to hear feedback, you know, Matthew talking about your goal to sort of experience Buffalo and, and have a, you know, Buffalo native production. Um, how does, how does that strike you? I don't know much about Buffalo. Does it, is it perceived as an arts community either, you know, to itself or to, to the outside or, you know, what, what, what are you up against in terms of building up your artistic community there? Buffalo actually has a very strong uh, professional amateur arts community, especially mm-hmm. a theater community. Um, Sophia uh, has actually been in several productions uh, all over Buffalo, which mm-hmm. is how we, you know, how we got, how we found her. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she found us actually, but then we we, we kind of uh, <laughs> yeah uh, looked around all over the net and saw her everywhere and <laughs> said, yeah, we have to get her. Um, Carolyn Lansom, uh, she's also a musician and an actor all over Buffalo. Uh, Daniel Mink, uh, he's actually a school teacher in Buffalo. He, he, he doesn't really do a whole lot of professional acting. Uh, Jerry Hudson, the voice of Bob, uh, also, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, yeah, bo- yeah, yeah. both a profes- professional musician and a professional actor. Um, Jerry, Jerry's actually kind of an interesting one because he comes into the studio and he's just very quiet and very mm-hmm. zen about everything. And then he opens up his mouth as Bob. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. just this complete other character that's like just really over the top kind of thing, which is what we <laughs> wanted so out of him. Yeah, what, yeah. Said, I, I wish know. I had a clip right in front of me because it, it, the, the, the rest of that scene that we heard the two minutes from is just wonderful uh, where they meet the, the big bad baddie and it's uh, not what you expect. And that's what makes Prophet's Guide a really fun production is it's, I mean, I guess it's a, it's a, it's not... A comedy but it's really funny is that is that fair you know like because I, I think of comedies as kind of like slap ha 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 and this is not really like that there's not a lot of like a little humdinger zingers that are supposed to make you chuckle it's just the it's just a, a work of absurdity almost it is almost a monty python-esque kind of thing of just what the hell is going on here and, and you have no idea what's going to happen next because crazy stuff keeps happening it is very much uh, uh influenced um i have i have a huge i'm a huge fan of absurdism Mm-hmm. Um, I studied a lot of absurdism in college, um, uh, Beckett, Pirandello, Sartre, and stuff like that. And while I, I do not have their chops, and I do not claim to, um, so uh, some of it's a little tongue-in-cheek uh, and, and playing with the humor, and some of it goes into you know slightly darker uh, uh, and more absurd forms of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's absurd in the sense that it ends exactly the way it began. Yeah, you know, and it's one of the keys to absurdity, and something that I wanted to take on when I went through that. Yeah, nice. Uh, so yeah, so I mean that's so the the show is a prophet's guide. Um, we'll have a link up. Well, oral stage a u r a l stage dot com is your site, Matthew. Um, and you can check out the other shows that we've done, including um, ones that we've worked on together, intensive care, as well as your prior project before that, nineteen eighteen. You mm-hmm. also have um, the the shorter. Uh, pieces um, and a few, you know, other other few juice, juicy tiblets and people who are act, are just interested in audio in general and how it gets produced. You've got some nice articles, so I definitely recommend the oralstage.com uh, website um, and dialed in. Sorry, it was a series I was thinking of. The we play most yeah. of those here on yeah. Radio Drum Revival as well. Um, do you have any any other projects or cool stuff we should point people to while we've got a minute? Um, well, I uh, worked on a film that's on Netflix. It's a, it's a horror film. Uh, it's called The Big Bad. Uh, you can pull that up. Um, it's kind of a werewolf, zombie, uh, little mosh of everything that I did sound, help do sound for. Excellent. Um, if you look around on YouTube, you can find 25 Cents of Love, which is uh, P.G. Lee Russo's piece that I helped out with. 
And uh, uh, as far as a profits guide, you can also get a full quality version of it on uh, if you go to oralstage.bandcamp.com. We're only asking a dollar for like full quality, uh, so it's like a dollar or pay what you want above the dollar. Yeah. Um, so you can get a, a full um, high quality uh, 48 kilohertz. Yeah, take it take it uh, with you. There. It's a buck and it's about an hour of entertainment and it's wonderful and it stands up to repeated listenings especially if you're an audio nerd like myself and you're like ooh I love the reverb effect in this sequence he did a great job um, but also the story's great too um, and to give you another shout out Sophia you've got Lady Lush in the vinyls uh, cdbaby.com slash cd slash Lady Lush in the vinyls and I'll put a link when we put this up at radiodramarevival.com the podcast that goes with this terrestrial radio show we'll put it up there as well Wonderful. Um, and if people want to see you live, they got to go road trip to Buffalo, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, beautiful time. I highly here. recommend seeing them live. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll go out on the remainder of your track. Uh, real pleasure spending the last half hour-ish with you guys. Um, love the Prophet's Guide. Hope people hear the rest of it. Um, we had the, uh, If you are hearing this and you're wondering what the, how to hear the show, you'll also be able to hear it again on the podcast that goes with this uh, WMPG show, which is RadioDramaRevival.com. Uh, Matthew, uh, Sophia, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. And here we go. Some more Lady Lush in the Vinyls. We're going to pick up right where we left off. All right. That was Sophia and Matthew with Oral Stage Studios talking about Prophet's Guide, as promised. Here is Sophie's band. Radio Drum Revival is found on iTunes and Stitcher. Look for Radio Drama Revival. Find us on uh, Twitter at Radio Drama, Facebook.com forward slash Radio Drama Revival. Um, leave a donation at our webpage, RadioDramaRevival.com. Tell your friends, do what you can to keep this free service running. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Brad Greenhalgh. Copyright of individual shows remains their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you'd like. Radio Drama Revival originates an on-air radio at WMPG-FM. That is Southern Maine's community radio. This podcast at RadioDramaRevival.com is a labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week. This is my life, and I don't know how, how to be different. Like the way you want, like the way you want. It's just the way I grew up, and you want me to be someone.